This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hey everybody, Craig Cottle, Director of Nature Reliance School and co-host of the Survival Show Podcast coming at you today for Manly Musings. Thanks for joining me and that is a mouthful. <laughs> it's good to be with you. Man, I've had a fantastic couple of weeks getting a lot of stuff done on a new website for my organization, naturereliance.org. And uh, man, it's been busy deer hunting season. Uh, if you've joined me for parts one and part two, thank you. Uh, we've had a fantastic opportunity to talk about hunting as it relates to survival methodology, and we're glad that you're joining us today. Today, in part three, what we're going to dig into is some of our favorite methods and recipes for, not really recipes, because I'm not a big follower recipe kind of guy, but I'm going to give you some insight on some ways to, to cook venison, fix venison, so that you've got a fantastic opportunity to eat a 100% organic food source, meat source, and actually enjoy it. So thanks for joining me. Before we get into that, though, check out tinysurvival.com. Use the discount code MANLY10 for what's on there. Check it out. It's a pretty cool website where you, built by David himself where you can go in there and build your own EDC kit. Basically, you go in there, you pick a little of this, you pick a little of that, you put it into a thing that holds it, and then you stick it in your pocket. <laughs> it's pretty cool, really. No, in all seriousness, it's a build-your-own EDC kit websites. It's uh, really sharp. David put a ton of effort and research into making this work incredibly well. So you can build your own EDC kit that you can then buy from the website and then it'll ship right to your door. You don't have to run around to 40 different stores and 20 different online retailers to find all this stuff. You just go to one-stop shop, my friend. Check it out. So go over there, tinysurvival.com. Use the discount code MANLY10 to get you a discount so yeah should be a good time over there and uh yeah he sent me some stuff and uh I'm, I'm really pleased with what he sent me so we'll be talking more about that as we move forward tinysurvival.com manly 10 use the discount now let's get into some food all right guys and gals so let's talk about uh utilizing venison deer meat and you can use some of this thought process for elk i'll, I'll be frank with you the elk, i've only had elk about four or five times in my life and every single time i've had it uh, i've thought man that is a fantastic meat and i i've just never i've never put in for the uh, elk hunts here in kentucky and i've never had the thought of going out west because i just kill so many deer a white-tailed deer and i'm pleased with that but you know you could probably apply a lot of these things that i'm going to talk about to to elk meat as well but one of the first things i want to talk about is uh, a very incredibly debatable topic it gets a lot of people fired up and that is how you take your shot uh, with bow you know you have to take that shot that goes in heart and lungs okay but with a rifle you have the option of being able to shoot an animal in the head and or neck and a lot of people are really against that. And the argument that I hear every single time 
that I bring this up is that, hey, I saw at a processor somebody that had a deer with a jaw blown off, blown off of it, okay? Two things come to mind. Number one, the deer is at the processor, so the deer was harvested. I'm not saying it's a great way to do it. I'm just saying the deer was harvested. It bled out, they got it, and it went to the processor. And number two is how many people do you know have shot deer in the front shoulder, the back shoulder, in the guts, and they never found that deer? because they were trying to take a heart shot or a lung shot. So the reason I bring this up is that I've been taking headshots for a long time now, 15 to 20 years now. Number one, I've never shot a deer that I didn't find because one of two things happen from my experience with those that take headshots. You either hit the animal or you miss it. There is no really in-between. Now, there have been some people obviously that this has happened to, but it has not happened to me. And what I mean by that is when you shoot a deer in the head, it it's deader than a hammer. Bam, it hits the ground. And it's not going to run. It's going to continue to bleed out, and it's going to bleed out heavily. And it's just a very economical way of being able to save as much meat as possible. Now, I actually contacted a friend of mine who works for Fish and Wildlife this past season right before I went out because there's been a lot of talk on CWD, chronic wasting disease, and the things that go along with it. And we studied chronic wasting disease in my recent Master Naturals class too. The big problem for chronic wasting disease for those of us here in Kentucky, now some of you all probably listen to us in other states and you need to be aware of this. The issue is when you harvest an animal that has CWD, which you really can't tell when you shoot an animal, whether it has chronic wasting disease or not, is then taking the spinal, uh, brain, or sometimes even just regular bone tissue, cutting it open, and the prion, what are called the prions, which I don't really understand, prions can escape and get into other herds okay so that's why you know there's a lot of chronic wasting disease in wisconsin you shouldn't go to wisconsin and deer hunt and then bring those parts into kentucky matter of fact it's illegal so you can't do that so don't be crossing uh state lines with animals particularly for those of us here in kentucky because i know a lot of kentuckians listening to our podcast here don't do that because we don't have chronic wasting disease now everybody assumes that we're going to get it at some point in time but I'm a big fan of doing everything we can to prevent it from happening. So with that said, take a headshot. The question is, does that cause problems if there's chronic chronic wasting disease in that animal? And the answer that I got from a wildlife biologist is that the verdict is out on that. So go ahead and do what it is that I do. And so that's what I've continued to do. Until I hear otherwise, I'm going to take headshots because, again, they're dead. Now, here's the other reason. The animals will bleed out. Man, when you zap an animal in the head, it's going to bleed. It's going to bleed heavily. And uh, so getting a lot of that blood out is good. The next part of this is the harvesting process. A lot of people will look at a harvested, or I mean a, a deer that's been killed as if it's just a dead deer. And as soon as that deer is dead and it's on the ground, that is food to me. And it, I mean, think about taking a big... take. Take a 55-gallon drum garbage bag, filling it up with steaks, and then just drag it around in the woods and beat it around on the woods and stuff. I don't do that. I, You know, you have to drag a deer out. 
but I don't do it roughly. I don't like the deer to fall into a hole or drag it across a log real roughly. I like to gingerly, as best I can, drag my deer out of the woods after I field dress them. Because all this is a process, because again, that at that point is no longer a deer as much as it is my food source, and I want to take care of it. And so I'll do that. Now, we always take time to wash the deer out and get so there's not a lot of dried blood on the inner portion of the deer. But when it comes down to it, they're really the only part that's on the inside are what's referred to as the true tenderloins. Just funny note, uh, my family calls that monkey meat. The true tenderloins that are on the inside of the rib cage. Uh, basically near the the back legs. Um, you want to clean those off as best you can because that is the most tender pieces of meat on the deer, and you want to take care to get it out properly so that you can you can eat it properly. Um, but once we do that, we let them hang. And again, this is another thing that we've never done, but a lot of people are really big on aging the meat and letting them hang for a few days. Um, you know. There's some value in doing that, no doubt about it. But we've always killed deer on a weekend, and then we cut them up on Monday and put them in the freezer. And our deer meat tastes pretty good. I mean, I've never had any issues with it. I've never had the desire for the meat to age. And most of that stems from my fear of losing the deer, whether, you know, if it gets too warm and maybe get some fly fly eggs on, flies on it, uh, laying and maggots, you know, being born out of that or some wild critter like a raccoon or a dog or a coyote or something getting on the meat while it's hanging because I don't have a freezer. A lot of people that have freezers, that might be a different story or walk-in coolers is what I mean, uh, where you can hang deer up in a walk-in cooler. But, you know, we've always just harvested ours and then cut them up on Monday and or Tuesday of the week following. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Now, what we do is, as far as uh, how we fix them and stuff of that nature, we we cut out the tenderloins that are the true tenderloins on the inner. We cut out the back straps, and we, we just package those whole. And then if it's a big deer, we'll cut up virtually everything else and put it into either burger or we take a fair amount of our meat off and send it off to Webb's Butcher Block here in Kentucky, and they process that into um, bratwurst, Polish sausages. Um, they have some hemp dogs now that are really good. Uh, we also have had some jerky made. They don't make good jerky. Uh, another place that's real good is Reed's Processing in Stanton, Kentucky. They made the best summer sausage that I've ever had in my life. Um, Matt Reed is actually a friend of mine. He's a police officer in Winchester. And uh, Reed's Processing is a fantastic place to get some summer sausage made. And I think they're even expanding into some new things that they're making. I think they make some bologna and stuff of that nature. And it's basically what they'll do is they'll take your venison and they'll add some pork fat or something of that nature to the meat to, to make the sausages and the 
and the balonies and stuff of that nature. When I say baloney, it's not baloney like you get at the grocery store, which is pig eyeballs and stuff like that. That's that's gross. But but uh, baloney is just you know a, a deer meat that's processed with some pork fat that is in the shape of baloney. Um, so yeah, it's it's good stuff. It's just a big uh, big piece of meat. You put it on a sandwich. You can fry it up with some eggs or something. Man, it's good. God, man, it's making me hungry sitting here talking about this stuff. <laughs> wow. So beyond that, what we like to do is we have. I like to have that because it's just super quick. You know, I can have some some uh, Polish sausage deer meat in the fridge. Maybe open a package during the week, and then it doesn't take me much at all to to uh, cook one of those up and add in you know something else that I want to fix it with. Also, what we like to do is we like to make a, a marinade. My wife makes a marinade with, Worc- how do you say it, Worcestershire sauce or however you say that. Uh, we like to use pink Himalayan salt. Uh, she lo- uses some uh, tomato-based um, uh, soup and stuff of that nature and basically come up with a marinade. Now, you, I wish I could tell you what my wife's recipe is, but it's different every daggone time that she does this. So you come up with a marinade, and uh, and then basically what we'll do oftentimes is we'll take, if we've saved some of the roast off the smaller deer, like you know if it's a big deer, we put it in a summer sausage and all that stuff. But a smaller deer, we cut off the roast. We cut off the, the roast that are on the shoulder. We cut off the, the neck meat and put it into stew meat. We cut off the rump. The There's two big roasts on the back. There's a really the, basically the rump roast as well as the one that's the front of the ham the ham roast it's a big flat roast and again that rest of it we put into uh, either burger or summer sausage or something of that nature and what we'll do is we'll cut that up into chunks and just let it marinate over the day and then i'll take that with me on trips and just cook it over the fire put it on a stick and cook it over fire and sun it's good so you come up with your own marinade whatever marinade you like now the other thing that i've found that works exceptionally well is We'll take uh, some of the stew meat, or sometimes if I really want some tender meat, I'll take one of the tenderloins. This is almost blasphemy to do this, but I'll take one of the tenderloins and cut it up and put it into a one of the Instapots and put it in there with some potatoes and carrots, some uh, broth. I'll make some either broth that I make or just buy um, a, a package of beef broth, put it in there, put it in the Instapot, hit the button for stew. Done, son. Done. So for those of you who come to Nature Reliance School classes, oftentimes I'll have a big pot of stew. And just to make it easy on myself, that's what I do. You know, I'll just put a big bunch of deer meat in there with carrots and potatoes. And sometimes I'll take, instead of putting a tenderloin or a stew or a roast in there to do that, sometimes I'll actually put in uh, Polish sausages in there, cut it up and make a, you know, make a stew like that. Put, I mean, it's it's just put. I mean, this is stupid proof. I'm not a really good cook. My wife is a fantastic cook, but you know, you put all that in there, hit the button for stew, done, son, done. And when it comes out, it is fantastic. Add a little pink Himalayan salt on the top of it. Put it in your kooksa. Sit around the campfire, tell a lie or two, son. It is good. It is real good. Uh, the other thing that I really like to do. Uh, with deer meat is I'll take my tenderloin. I I don't cut my tenderloins up. I leave them whole. I you know I usually cut them in half, but uh, I'll leave them whole. And what I'll do is uh, on the grill in the summertime. 
if they make it through the summer. Because, I mean, like right now, we killed six deer. So we've got, you know, 12 different back straps that have been cut. So there's 24. There's just a real good chance that that's not even going to make it to the summer at my house. We'll eat that all winter long. But I usually try to save a couple for summertime when I can. Hopefully with that many, we will. Um, but uh, I'll just wrap it up with a little bit of uh, aluminum foil so that the juices can stay on it. And then I'll cut a slit right down the top of it and soak it in garlic butter because I'm a big fan of garlic and butter. And just as it cooks, just continue to baste it in that garlic butter over and over and over again and slow cook it so that it gets, you know, oh, man, it's good. That is so good. Uh, that, those are some really, really simple ways that we go ha- go about utilizing deer meat. Uh, I'm getting ready to get done with this podcast, which is part three. I'm going home. I'm I'm definitely going to pull out some of my hemp dogs. I think I'll make me a couple of hemp venison uh, hot dogs today and uh, see how it turns out for me for lunch because I'm hungry, hungry. So what I'll do is uh, I'm developing some blog content over at my website, naturelines.org, that's going to have some of uh, my favorite recipes for cooking venison. And what we'll do is we'll go about doing uh some intros there to venison cooking and stuff of that nature we'll do it from a survival perspective we'll do it from a we're at home we'll do it from a hey we're camping trip kind of thing that way there's a wide variety of different things so check that out but with that said that's going to be it for part three on my coverage of deer hunting for this season and a lot of things that have gone along with it. So I really appreciate you joining me. Don't forget, listen to me. Are you listening? Go over and check out tinysurvival.com. Use the code MANLY10 to develop and build your own EDC kit. The only thing David didn't do with this website that I really wanted him to do was have a, a little robotic David that goes over and picks stuff up and puts it in a container for you. You know, I thought that would be really cool. But, you know... That probably cost thousands and thousands of dollars to develop. But uh, the website is clean. It's easy to use. It's easy for you to go in and develop your own EDC kit that you can stick in your pocket, take everywhere with you. So I hope you check it out. Again, tinysurvival.com, Manly 10. That comes because of the Manly Musings podcast. Jump in there, check it out. Hope you do. Hope you have a fantastic, I hope you, if you're listening and you're a deer hunter, hope you had a fantastic and successful season. If not, don't let it get you down. We'll get on next year, right? All right. Hang in there. Thanks for joining me. Keep it simple. Be positive and stay sharp.